Thanks for choosing a 3CR podcast. Throughout June, we're running our annual Radiothon, when we ask you, the listener, to make a donation so that we can continue to make great radio. Your donation will help keep us community-owned and community-controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And with that done, please enjoy your podcast. You're listening to the Dogs Program, the Australian Council for Defence of Government Schools. We're here every week and uh, we are here to promote and to defend public education. And as we tell you quite often, that's public education, it's public in purpose and outcome. Above all, it's public in access, it's open to all children. It isn't an education system for the wealthy and for the poor, separating them out, oh no. It isn't for those who are due to go to heaven and the good job. No, it's for everyone. And it should be a public in ownership and control because it's the only one that has been proved to be publicly accountable. So um, we think that it is something that is really worth defending because it is the cornerstone of any democracy. And in the last week, we've had a public education day on, uh, on this, the 26th of May, and we have a new Minister for Education, who, glory be, actually went to a public school, not just primary school, but secondary school. And glory be, he's actually singing from the same hymn sheet as the Australian Education Union. For the first time since, oh, ever since I can remember, we're actually getting the rhetoric of public education that we give you every week from a Minister for Education who is in Canberra. So um, we're feeling a little bit uh, optimistic. We don't expect too much from people in power anymore, of course, but there is a sense of optimism with the new Albanese government. And uh, in our press release 939, uh, Dale is going to tell you a little bit about our new Minister for Education at the Federal Sphere. Not Molino, no, this is a man called Jason Clare, who you might have seen on the television when Mr Albanese had COVID and he, he acquitted himself extraordinarily well. Over to you, Dale. Thanks, Jean. This is press release 939. Who is Jason Clare, the new Federal Minister for Education? Although public education and its unfair funding by the Morrison government was not an articulated election issue, it was there in the votes of public school supporters against the Morrison government, in their votes for the Greens and independents, and in their preferences for the Labor Party. 
For the last decade of the coalition government, more than two-thirds of the school population of Australia, their parents, their teachers and their principals, have had to endure the, fun the unfair funding deals and value-laden sneers of private schools and their graduates in the coalition, including their ministers for education. Albanese is not silly. On Public Education Day, 26th of May 2022, he made the following statement. The dawn of a new federal Labor government is a great time to acknowledge and emphasise the importance of public education, which is one of the bedrocks of an equal and successful society. One of the keys for Australia's success as a nation is to make sure every single child has access to a quality education, regardless of their postcode or their parents' income. Education is the biggest and most powerful weapon we have against disadvantage. A healthy, respected and valued public education system is one of the best ways we have of ensuring that no one is held back and no one is left behind. The last few years have been tough for public education. That we've come through the pandemic is, in part, a testament to the dedication and hard work of the teachers and support staff all the way from kindergarten through to TAFEs. I've been talking a lot about the better future that we can have as a nation. I have every confidence that working together, we can make it a reality with a stronger public education system at the foundation. Well, after a decade of having the rhetoric of choice for the wealthy and aspirational, of course, pushed at us by the federal government, at least we're finally hearing the right public school rhetoric. We can only hope it will become a reality with adequate funding. Another plus is that public school supporters do not have to endure any longer the barbs of incompetent private school born-to-rule graduates in the position of Minister for Education. The new Minister for Education is himself a graduate of the New South Wales public school system. This is Jason Clare, the spokesman who acquitted himself admirably as spokesman for the Labor Party while Albanese had COVID. His rhetoric mirrors that of public school supporters. Quote, our education system is the most powerful cause for good in this country. Run well, it can ensure that every child has the opportunity to reach their potential. It is the great equaliser in an unequal world. If we are serious about equal opportunity for men and women, for rich and poor, for Indigenous and multicultural Australia, then let it begin with the youngest Australians. End quote. Jackson is a career politician. But his education was from go to graduation in the public system, as his website tells us proudly. Jason was born and raised in Western Sydney, where he attended Cabramatta Public School and Canley Vale High School, before graduating with a Bachelor of Arts in Honours and a Bachelor of Laws from the University of New South Wales. Before entering Parliament, he worked as a senior advisor to New South Wales Premier Bob Carr and as an executive at Transurban, one of Australia's top 100 companies. Jason was elected as the federal member for Blacksland in 2007. In June 2009, he was appointed Parliamentary Secretary for Employment. In September 2010, he was appointed Minister for Defence Material. In December 2011, he was appointed Minister for Home Affairs and Minister for Justice. Following the 2013 election, Jason was appointed the Shadow Minister for Communications. In 2016, he was appointed Shadow Minister for Trade and Investment, as well as Shadow Minister for Resources and Northern Australia. In June 2019, 
Jason was appointed Shadow Minister for Regional Services, Territories and Local Government and Shadow Minister for Housing and Homelessness. He joined the Australian Labor Party because of its commitment to improving the lives of working Australians, particularly through education. Jason is the patron of Care Leavers Australia Network, Plan, and Bankstown Youth Development Service, BYDS, and Bankstown Sports Club, and the Bankstown RSL. Parliamentary service, he was elected to the House of Representatives uh, in 2007, re-elected 2010, 2013, 2016, 2019. And we've just heard some of his ministerial appointments, but some of his committee services include the Joint Statutory Australian Commission for Law Enforcement Integrity from 2008-2009, Intelligence and Security from 2014 to 2016, uh, House of Representatives Standing Education and Training, Education Vocational Training from 2004 to 2007, and Infrastructure, Transport, Regional Development, Local Government from 2008 to 2009. He was House of Representatives Select Regional Australia from 2019 to 2020. Some of his parliamentary party positions are Shadow Minister for Communications, Shadow Minister for Resources, Shadow Minister for Resources in Northern Australia, Shadow Minister for Trade and Investment, Shadow Minister for Regional Services, Territories, Local Government, and Shadow Minister for Housing and Homelessness. The party positions include member of the Labor Party since 1991 and Secretary for the Australian Labor Party Cabramatta branch from 92 to 2001. Personally, he was born in 1972 and is married. Qualifications and occupation before entering federal parliament. We've heard about the Bachelor of Arts and Honours from University of New South Wales, the LLB from the University of New South Wales. He is policy advisor for the Minister for Police and Leader of the House, the Honourable P. Whelan, MLA from 95 to 99, Senior Policy Advisor to the Premier, the Honourable uh, Bob Carr, MLA from 1999 to 2003, and Manager of Corporate Relations at Transurban. His electorate is Blacksland. It's an area of around 61 square kilometres and electors enrolled are 105,383 as of 2019. And industries include retail, commercial, service industries, including railway workshops, aircraft repair, transport and storage. On his appointment, Jason Clare said, education is the most powerful cause for good in this country. It will be an extraordinary privilege to serve as Minister for Education in an Albanese Labor government. Back to you, Jean. Well, thank you, Dale. That was our press release 939, and you can find it on our website at www.adogs.info. We'll have a bit of a break, and we'll come back to talk a little bit more about Public Education Day. all about a voice in our own country. We've got a reason to screaming out, where's our voice in this country? You know, not that I want to be a part of the Constitution for that, you know. That's why 3CR is so important to, to me and this community here. We've got a voice, but it's not, you know, we're entitled to a bigger voice than what we've got, but it's all about having a voice. Subscribe to 3CR, fiercely independent and community controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 
You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. 3CR. Well, you're listening to the Dogs Program on this Saturday uh, afternoon, and uh, we're going to talk now about Public Education Day, which was on May the 26th, and the Australian Education Union had something to say about it. Over to you, Sorrel. Thanks, Jane. So, yes, the Australian Education Union did have something to say about Public Education Day, and they say that Public Education Day is a time to recognise that the central role of public schools, preschools and TAFEs play in the strengthening of the social and economic and cultural fabric of our society, and that free public and secular education is the key to a vibrant, socially cohesive, multicultural and democratic Australia. On Public Education Day, Thursday the 26th of May, the AEU acknowledges the outstanding commitment of principals, teachers and education support staff working across preschools, schools and TAFEs in Australia. Public education is a public good that has the power to transform lives by providing the highest quality education for all students, irrespective of their background or circumstances, AEU Federal President Karina Haythorpe said. Every day, our members go to work in preschools, TAFEs, schools and institutions around the country with hope for their students and communities, determination to ensure every student has the best opportunity to thrive and a vision for the future of our nation, one that will go on to be created by the students that they teach. Today, they feel a new sense of hope for what will be possible for public education with the incoming Labor government. Led by Prime Minister Albanese, whose vision for our nation was summed up by the phrase in his election night speech, no one held back, no one left behind. In order to make this vision a reality, the new government must address the deep inequality faced by Australia's students by investing in public education and the teaching profession. The AEU is hosting a public education summit today with AEU members, academics, economists, education experts and allies to identify the immediate actions for public education that the new Labor government should take in its first 100 days of their term and beyond. The issues facing public education are unchanged. But we now have an incoming government that we will expect to work with the teaching profession via their union, the AEU, to address these issues. On Public Education Day, we celebrate the achievements of the teaching profession and we urge the new Labor government to prioritise public education funding and policy reform and to establish clear timelines for the delivery of Labor's public education election commitments. The good news out of all that is that Mr Albanese actually did make a statement about Public Education Day and the value of public education for our country. So it looks as if the public education rhetoric is entering and replacing the choice and the private schools are in our DNA rhetoric of the coalition. As I said earlier, this gives us reason to be optimistic. But of course, we've been disappointed in the Labor Party many times before. 
So we'll keep, keep a watching brief on them. But we'll have a bit of a break and we'll come back with some less good news. And, uh, well, also some good news in it, but uh, public education has to be fought for and there are plenty of uh, points around Australia where there is conflict. Did you know that you can pledge your support to 3CR Radiothon now and pay up later? Call the station during business hours on 9419 8377 and tell us what you'd like to donate and then pay your donation later. Kafias are Palestinian scarves and they're a symbol of support for justice for the Palestinian people. Buying one will support the last remaining factory in Hebron that makes kafias, and all proceeds from the sales support projects in Palestine, especially Gaza, as well as local solidarity organisations. From the traditional black and white kafia to an array of modern designs, all scarves are just $30 each. Explore the range and order online or drop by 3CR during business hours. Wear your support for the rights of Palestinians. Go to kafias.org.au. That's K-U-F-I-Y-A-S.org.au. A 3CR supporter. Become a 3CR subscriber today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. Be a part of your community radio station. Well, good afternoon, listeners. This is still the Dogs Program. And uh, there's been some very interesting activists up in the north of Melbourne. Those of you who read The the Age might have seen an article saying how the... uh, Parents up in the north of Melbourne are voting with their feet and going to private schools because of the rundown nature of the uh, state's secondary schools in those areas. Although there has been rejuvenation in one of the schools, Faulkner, largely because there's been a new headmaster, headmistress uh, there. But uh, we'll find out more about this from Maddie, who is going to read from Julie Svago's June the 1st article in the age, public school activism has finally jumped Melbourne's hipster-proof fence. Fascinating. Over to you, Maddie. Yeah, thank you so much, Jean. The parent uprising against declining public schools in Melbourne's north is both uplifting and depressing. Uplifting because in the aftermath of a disruptive federal election result, here is another instance of people signalling to governments that business as usual will not suffice. The depressing part is the need for such agitation in the first place, what it says about the shockingly classist society we've become. As The Age reported last week, a new local group called RISE, R-I-S-E, is demanding the state government intervene with a public education plan for the region. Enrolments in government high schools in the northern suburbs have fallen 20% since 2014. Families have been voting with their feet against local secondary schools, Pasco Vale Girls College, John Faulkner College and Glen Roy College. With the latter two, the show of no confidence reportedly reflects low and declining VCE results. 
A vicious circle operates in such scenarios. Middle-class families shun a school as results fall. Results then tumble further, prompting more families to shun or abandon the school and so on until only the only families left are those without the means to go elsewhere. And if you're inclined to see such a scenario purely as a blow against social justice, then once again, for the broken record, Australia's uniquely segregated education system is thought to be contributing to the sustained slide in the academic results of our 15-year-olds relative to their international peers, as well as the nation's sluggish economic growth. John Faulkner draws 61% of its student population from society's most disadvantaged quartile. The above sentence is loathsome. However, for implying it is axiomatic that the poor kids who start the education race from further behind will finish last. The implication is also inaccurate. Each VCE batch yields impressive examples of schools punching above their socioeconomic weight and more than a few examples of underperformance in wealthy private schools. John Faulkner's recent school council president says the school's vibe has been boosted by the arrival of new executive principal from University High, a school of choice for inner city elites. I went to that high school. It's a good school. The lesson here is surely that authorities must display zero tolerance for fatalism and complacency in public schooling. The teacher principal or departmental bureaucrat who saddles poor kids with yet another handicap, being the prejudice of low expectations, must be re-educated fast or sacked. Maybe there's also a lesson in the trend that's accompanied falling high school enrolments, a surge in enrolments in the area's Islamic secondary schools. I don't lament this trend any more than I lament the drift to private schools generally although I'd like to believe an unparalleled strength of a well-resourced public education system is the fostering of social cohesion. RISE, the parent group, insists the growing demand for state primary schools in the area shows the appetite for public education is strong. The same hunger in well-heeled parts of town, from Albert Park to the trendy suburbs across the river, propelled government investment that saw new schools open and old schools lift their game in what's been a quiet renaissance in public education in recent decades. Finally, public school activism seems to have jumped Melbourne's hipster-proof fence. A word, though, on how the activists put their case. Uh, It's not like we are asking for calls field grammar in our area, said One Rise member Mabruka Singh, we just want a state school that has average outcomes. Except the good people of the North should be asking for Caulfield grammar. I don't mean they should be asking for Caulfield grammar's fully equipped cafe space for the Year 9 hospitality program, dedicated performing art spaces with CBD views, expansive sports facilities, 650-seat professional theatre and other features you can read about on its website, all partly enabled by millions in recurrent taxpayer contributions, no offence intended, though it will, of course, be taken. But my gut tells me it's profoundly unhealthy for kids to grow up with the implicit message such excess is normal and no less than their birthright. What I That's do- interesting because we've just had an awful lot of uh, 
people in our parliament who had that view of their birthright who just Mm -hmm. had a very rude shock. (laughs) Yes, they did. Didn't they? Yes. Uh, Yeah, they did. What I do mean is that the parents should be asking for the same opportunities and high expectations we would expect to find at Caulfield Grammar and like schools. To demand a state school that has average outcomes, as Singh puts it, is to demand way too little. But here we see the impact of the Dickensian ethos shaping Australia's education system. Public school families reduced to an Oliver Twist style plea for more with no sense of entitlement to the best. In his election night victory speech, Anthony Albanese said he hoped kids in public housing were watching so they could be inspired by his example and reach for the stars. Am I sick of hearing Anthony Albanese's foundation story? Well, do Springsteen fans get sick of hearing glory days? We need to enable more poor kids to reach for the highest offers. And for that, we need an aggressive commitment to equal opportunity starting at the school gates. So play it again, Prime Minister, and again. Well, wasn't that interesting? And that article got a tremendous number of responses very, very quickly. A lot of Mm. comments. And Dale's going to read some of those for us. Yes, thank you, Jean. One saying it was a great article because they're sick of hearing private schools bleating about how difficult it is for them. Uh, LT123 says, Australia's uniquely segregated education system is a national disgrace. The bias shown by subsequent Liberal governments towards private education has left our public schools drastically underfunded and has failed a generation of students. I completely disagree with taxpayer money going towards private schools. The local government school has a seat for your child. If you choose to reject that seat and send them elsewhere, that is your choice and you should pay for it. We can't have a situation where some schools are refurbishing their rowing sheds whilst others have leaky roofs. How can students grow up with any pride or sense of self-worth if they're forced to sit in rooms with leaky roofs? The other tragedy is that the system has created a situation where private schools are no longer just attended by the wealthy. Many less financially well-off families are made to feel that they need to remortgage their homes, work a second job, etc. if they want to give their child a good education. The worst part is that research has consistently shown that educational outcomes are predominantly determined by the socioeconomic and educational background of the parents, with private schools selling a false message that they will provide an educational advantage. Also, to the commentators who complain about poor behaviour and the undisciplined nature of public school students, such comments are snobbish and offensive, equating private school education with a better class of students. Public schools are obliged to accommodate all students and are not able to discriminate in the way private schools do. Even if many parents adopt a if-you-can't-beat-them-join-them approach to private schools, surely most people can agree that the current situation where some parents pay 20000 plus per child per year uh, whilst others put up with under-resourced facilities is expensive, inequitable and unethical. GDS says, 
From an academic perspective, the public-private school issue comes down to the quality of teaching. My other half is a public school teacher in Apollo Bay, and their results are very good. He loves his job, and the kids love to be at school. Small country public school doesn't mean average results. Frankly, we need to support the teachers so they can support the kids. Right now, we are doing a poor job of that. And then Mike said, let's not beat around the bush. Funding does matter, which has been confirmed by the independent school sector who are very good at extracting money from the Liberal Party, who in turn are very good at arguing that independent sector needs all of the money it asks for, while at the same time claiming that the needs of the state sector are not their problem. And just to finish off, they say we need to stop money being funnelled to private schools that don't need it. We need the kids to be mucking in together, learning to get along. The big equaliser is education. The better educated, the better chance in life. The sons of privilege will soon learn that they are not the centre of the universe in a public school. A huge thank you to all teachers out there. You have an enormously important job and you do not get the pay or support you need. Back to you, Jean. Very true. Well, we'll have a bit of a break and we'll come back and uh, Sorrel has got something to say about what is actually going on uh, with uh, the people in our schools right at this very moment because COVID has not gone away. Looking for an easy way to keep up with your annual 3CR subscription? You can now set up an annual debit from your bank account or credit card and once a year your payment will be automatically deducted. You can cancel at any time and you'll get a reminder each year before payment. Be a constant supporter of Melbourne's precious independent community radio station and set up a recurring payment today. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. their qualifications, their pay, their pensions and their working conditions attacked relentlessly by this government. I'm a proud product of a government funded primary school education and of a government funded secondary school education. Australia is one of the richest and luckiest countries in the world and there's no reason whatsoever why we can't have the very best public schools in the world. It's still not good enough that kids with disability miss out. You're listening to The Dogs, the defence of government schools on 3CR. Well, you're still listening to The Dogs program and uh, we've got a very interesting lot of things still to go where we've been we've been telling you quite a lot but now we've got something more to tell you at the very grassroots we've been hearing a lot haven't we about the tremendous stress that our health workers are under and our teachers are also under great stress because the COVID has not gone away so we've got um Sorrel to tell us about the very interesting article by Nicole Purcell uh, about what is really going on at the grassroots with our teachers. 
sick school reality. Half the kids are missing and the principal's teaching prep. Over to you, Sol. Thanks, Jean. So Nicole Purcell writes that it's 8.30 a.m. at Lindhurst Primary School and there's a scramble to fill staff vacancies. Today, 12 staff are away. The most has been 18. Victoria has fallen into line with other states announcing free flu shots amid a sharp spike in cases. It's not just COVID. There's flu and colds. Because of the lockdown, their resistance to disease is down. And there is just exhaustion, to be honest, Lindhurst Principal Greg Lacey says. Remote learning has officially ended in Victoria's schools, but for many, the crisis is far from over. As of Friday, there were 67,000 active COVID-19 cases in Victoria. As teachers and students stay home in droves due to sickness, schools are struggling to cope. Many are combining classes or year levels. Some high schools have cancelled afternoon classes for senior years. Others are implementing self-directed study days or one-off remote learning days. 11 campuses have had to send students home due to staff shortages. At Lindhurst Primary, which caters to about 950 children in 41 classes, one teacher had more than half her class, 12 kids, away every day for a week. Victorian Education Minister James Molino recently said staffing had become a key pandemic issue. The key thing for me and parents and carers is that schools are open and students are learning face-to-face with their peers, Molino said. At Lindhurst, to cover the roster, they combine classrooms and have a third-year teaching student teaching classes and redeploy staff from specialist tutoring, Digitech or intervention programs. On Wednesday, the principal took a prep class. That was quite a shock to the system. I haven't done it for a while. It was quite delightful, Lacey said. The education department's policy is for schools to stay open. Students are given rapid antigen tests to take home weekly. There are air purifiers in most classrooms, but students are no longer required to wear masks. School captain Aishi Badisha, 12, said that it was nerve-wracking when students came to school sick, unsure if they had COVID-19. Aishi said it had been a slow transition for some students, catching up on lost learning and adjusting to a routine again. It was kind of tricky. It slowed down the learning for people. I felt that I had to catch up on my maths. I wasn't learning by myself as well as with my teacher. It was hard. Learning new things was hard. Year three teacher Alicia Stevens, 32, said the absences and taking split classes made it difficult to know all the special needs of children. Some students ended up being behind while others became bored if they'd already learned the lesson plan. Stevens said teachers were tired and overwhelmed and many were working overtime. Many are burning ourselves out, she said. Lacey said this was contributing to teachers feeling stuck. They are trying to move kids forward, but know they are behind. They have lost routines and students are not all completely back on board, he said. The feeling they are childminding and not making progress, that's what's getting them down the most. It's a similar story across Victoria. 
Miners Rest school principal Dale Power, who is juggling nearly 30 to 40% of staff absences in his Ballarat school, said it was a huge challenge. You never know what will arise on a day-to-day basis, he says. Well, isn't that interesting? And, of course, we've seen a great deal in the newspapers too about the effect of um, the lockdowns that have had on children, particularly teenagers and others. So it's a very troubled time. However, our schools like our hospitals and our teachers like our health workers are our very, very, very important people in the front line in these very difficult times in Australia. So thank you very much, Sorrel. And now we'll have a bit of a break and we'll go to Jeff, our international expert. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. To renew your subscription, make a donation. Or pass on some information to a programmer. We can't get to the phone all the time right now, but we're still here. You can call us on 03 9419 Each weekday between 1 and 5pm and talk to a staff member. That's 03 9419 3CR Community Radio, here to stay. still listening to the dogs program and uh, we're going to Jeff who's going to tell you about some developments in the UK and then bring you back to Melbourne to a very interesting story. Oh thanks Jean. This week I thought we'd have a look at the UK and there's a story I've been reading about uh, splashed in the Guardian uh, recently which was uh, well this this story is in a reaction to the story that was in the Guardian. Uh, the Guardian did a, an article saying the Guardian view on the school divide, Zahawi fails a test. And that's about the education minister in the UK, Mr Zahawi. And um, basically the, the, the story is he's been complaining because Oxford and Cambridge have expanded their state school entrances to over 70% of their intake. Now, back in the 60s, 70% of the intake was through the private schools. And now it's 70% is now going to state school entries. And he's saying that it's you know, sort of unfair that the state schools are getting unfair prioritisation. But actually, there's research saying that state school pupils outperform private school peers in their degrees. And this means that there's an empirical basis for using contextual data in determining admissions, as Mr. Sahawi himself has acknowledged. Anyway, our reaction to that comes from a sort of a brother organisation or a sister organisation of ours called CASE, who's the Campaign for State Education in the UK. And they put out CASE Notes, which is a, a blog. Uh, this is from issue 89 from 
the 30th of May. And it's a reaction to this story about Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi. Anyway, so it's called Back to the Future Part 1. It says, Education Secretary Nahim Zahawi has recently declared that Britain should be very proud of its private schools and that Oxford and Cambridge universities should not tilt the system to admit more pupils from state schools. Admission to Oxbridge should be based on merit alone and people should put aside their tribalism over private schools. This was in response to a statement by Professor Stephen Toop, Vice-Chancellor of Cambridge, that private schools should expect to see fewer of their pupils, pupils gaining Oxbridge places in the future as both universities strive to widen access. If Sahawi can produce any evidence that students from state schools are not admitted on merit, he should publish it forthwith. The proportion of Oxbridge students admitted from private schools has steadily de declined over many years, from over 70% in 1962 to under 30% now, without the kind of damage to the academic standing of those universities that we would expect to see if the admission systems were really being tilted. Presumably by tilted, Zahawi is referring to the practice of some colleges of using more admissions criteria than raw A-level scores, which is their equivalent to the HSE, VCE where a candidate's circumstances justify such an approach. Obviously, in spite of being education secretary, Zahawi is unaware that repeated research by the NFER and others have established that at Russell Group universities, the students least likely to obtain a first or upper class, uh, upper second class degree are the privately educated, while those most likely to achieve these standards have been to comprehensive schools, which are state schools. It may be, of course, that students with well-off parents but ready access to a network of the influential and powerful do not see any reason to work hard, but universities can hardly be blamed for preferring to admit students who are more likely to take their studies seriously. As for dismissing opposition to England's suffocatingly powerful system of private schooling as tribalism, so how we should look at the overwhelming evidence that whatever the merits of individual schools, the system as a whole ensures that the children of the rich will continue to perform the elite that dominates our society. This has nothing to do with the quality of education provided by these schools and everything to do with their social exclusivity and their access they provide to elite occupations. Meanwhile, the state schools for which Zahawi is responsible are starved of resources and their buildings are increasingly unfit for use. Zahawi's own officials have recently told him that the state of repairs uh, state of some school buildings now repair, represents a threat to life and at least £13 billion needs to be spent on repairs in order to avert a crisis. Asked about this on Radio 4's Today program, Zahawi could only mumble that any building that is not safe will be closed. Luckily for him, it was the end of the interview, so there was no time to ask him where the children would go. Case Notes readers will recollect that the last time school buildings were in this state was in 1997, after a long period of conservative rule, plus ça change, uh, the more things change. Anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's a little story about uh, how private schools are you know, losing market share at the Oxbridge universities because they, you know, the state school kids get there on merit and you can't just, uh, uh, you know, apparently they, they, their interests are championed by academics such as Cambridge historian who recently said that white Privately educated boys are now disadvantaged. Oh, the poor. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the story from the UK. We've got another one now, which is uh, actually much more local, and which I'm sure people in Melbourne will have had some uh, contact with. 
And that's the story in the age this uh, May 29th by Ben Schneiders and Simone Fox Coob called Scientology Misleads Parents at its Schools via Montessori Link. A Scientology-linked primary school in Melbourne's Outer East has rebranded itself, erasing any public acknowledgement of the controversial religion while still using the teaching methods developed by Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard. Earlier this year, Moorabark Grammar opened as a new small school on the site once occupied by Yarralinda, which used to disclose the use of, its, of, of Hubbard's applied scholastics curriculum. The new Moorabark Grammar, instead, advertises its links to a Montessori early education program taught on site, prompting concerns the school is using that as a cover to hide its Scientology background to pr prospective parents. The Montessori program, which involves a different teaching method approach to Hubbard's, is mentioned in the school in the new primary school's marketing materials as its website, uh, a banner outside the school, a prospectus and in job advertisements. But there's no mention in public material that the rebranded school is still controlled by prominent Melbourne Scientologists and that the primary school teaches Hubbard's methods. Many of Moorbrach Grammar's Students are bussed daily from Scientology's headquarters in Ascot Vale across the city, the city and then back again after school. The new grammar school with a Latin logo that translates as reach your potential is on the site of Yarralinda, a small school which opened in 1990 and is used and used the applied scholastics teaching methods. Its former patron was local celebrity, celebrity Scientologist Kate Sobrano. Yarralinda's website previously disclosed it disclosed its links to Hubbard's methods. A local parent who did not want to be identified said she was concerned about Muralbach Grammar's lack of transparency about its links to Scientology, which has been attacked by some critics as an abusive cult. Yarralinda, uh, I remember looking at the site while looking at schools in the area and was disturbed, disturbed to see in Yarralinda's fine print that the philosophy was based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard, the parent said. Muralbach Grammar have avoided the same error of even a sliver of transparency by providing a generic philosophy on their website so that no, anyone who has no idea of the history of the school would be none the wiser. A copy of Muralbach Grammar's legal rules, which must be purchased from Consumer Affairs Victoria in a process that took the age two weeks, shows the school is still teaching applied scholastics. The purposes of the school include teaching Hubbard's methods and are based on his moral code in a publication called The Way to Happiness. The school is affiliated with the Association for Better Living and Education, an international organisation set up by Scientology and says it wants to communicate with affinity and reality at all times. Applied Scholastics uses a teaching method called study technology, which was developed by Hubbard. It says it aims to teach students how to learn and apply what they've learned to everyday life rather than rote learning and memorising content or concepts. It claims that there is a widespread hidden, hidden illiteracy problem in society and that one of the main barriers for students is misunderstanding words. One of the simplistic techniques they use is to encourage students to look up definitions of words they don't understand in the dictionary. Montessori is a style of teaching that has an emphasis on children learning at their own pace and developing natural interests and independence without formal instruction. Muralbach Grammar Principal Gabriel Agosta, 29 years old, whose name before marriage was Caligiri, grew up in a family of Scientologists who regular post, regularly post on social media about the religion. In a statement in response to questions, she said that information on applied scholastics was not included on the website because it was a new school 
and our website is still under construction. She did not answer questions as to why the school mentioned Montessori in all its public material and not applied scholastics. The statement said the school is proud of its links to Hubbard's teachings and parents of prospective students were told of its educational methods. Agosta has been a provisionally registered teacher with the Victorian Institute of Teaching since November last year. Provisionally re registered teachers include graduate and early career teachers, as well as those who are returning after five or more years to the profession. She did not answer a question about her experience to run the school. In March last year, Agosta's brother uploaded a video to, to Facebook showing the pair handing out booklets for the Foundation for a Drug-Free World International, an American foundation sponsored by the Church of Scientology. Murawak Grammar's website is registered to an adherent of Scientology, and according to the school's social media, it recently had a music program developed by a sound engineer who is featured on the Scientology website, speaking about the way religion helped him tackle life better. A Montessori Australia spokesperson said it was a national advisory body that strives to support all authentic Montessori providers, but did not oversee the operation of any school or centre, which were all independently owned and operated. They did not see Moorbach Grammar's curriculum or practices and said the school had not undertaken Montessori Australia's quality assurance program. It's complete desperation. They're still running Scientology, but cloaking it behind Montessori said Paul Schofield, a former board member of the Yarralinda and ex-Scientologist who had been heavily immersed in their religion for 30 years. He said Scientology would be inimically, inimically opposed to Montessori as it contradicted Hubbard's writings. Montessori philosophy is a good philosophy. It's all workable. Hubbard's is completely the opposite. The narcissism of Hubbard is most chronic when you see how he treats children they're objects to be used, he said. It's right through the entirety of Scientology that kids are responsible for their behaviour. They were old beings in young bodies and could do any job required of them as they'd already done them in some of their past lives over the last quadrillions of years. Last month, three Australian residents accused Scientology of child trafficking, covering up multiple sexual assaults, forced labour and other abuses in a legal claim lodged in Florida against Scientology leader David Miscavige and five church-related organisations. The plaintiffs were part of Scientology's Sea Org and Cadet Org entities that involved them signing billion-year contracts to provide cheap or free labour to Scientology. Uh, critics of Scientology accuse it of being money-focused and dangerous, claims the church rejects. Before the rebranding, Yarralinda was struggling to survive and had just 27 students, according to the My School website. Its financial accounts for 2020 show that 64% of its $804,000 revenue came from federal and state government funding. It had lost more than $100,000 in both 2020 and 2019 and had sold its Moolbark site for $4.5 million in the early 2021 to Turak-registered Runslow Proprietary Limited. Yarralinda closed at the end of 2021. A planning application was approved by Yarra Rangers Council last year for a 127-place childcare centre to be built on the Moorbark site. Agosta said her school was not connected to the development. The Church of Scientology of Australia's spokeswoman, Vicky Dunstan, said it had no corporate or financial relationship with the Moorbark grammar. She said Applied Scholastics was an independent, non-denominational organisation supported by Scientology. Um, and that was an article in The Age about uh, 
that particular bit of chicanery going on in the private school world, just one of many small schools which uh, mask their religious proselytization by um, uh, links to um, generically um, respectable uh, cover stories. Anyway, uh, back to you, Jean. Thank you, Jeff. And now it's the best part of our program, our great state school. Over to you, Maddie. Every week on the Doctor Program, we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. State schools are great. Schools. School of the week. State school. School of the week. Great state schools. State schools. School of the week. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. And our great state school for this week is Listerfield Primary School. Congratulations, Listerfield Primary School. I'm going to read you the principal's statement from the website, and the principal is Adam White. He says, The world is rapidly evolving, so we have a responsibility to ensure we are equipping our students with the skills, knowledge, and capabilities to be successful in an unknown future. Students at LPS are supported by dedicated and caring staff who provide them with learning opportunities aimed at establishing a passion for lifelong learning. Visitors to our school are always impressed with the calm and orderly environment in which our students learn. Across the whole school, we have established routines and consistency in learner and teacher protocols that ensure an environment where all students can reach their potential. We design learning that will enable our students to fulfill the school vision of being curious, confident, and successful. We put students at the center of everything we do including developing their social and emotional well-being to ensure all-round success. Warm regards, Adam White. What a great principal statement. I am going to throw some facts and figures at you now from the ACARA website. The school has 534 pupils. The ICSIA value of the school is 1,079, which is above the average of 1,000. The students are representative of the community. This is a mainly middle-class community. 27% have parents from the upper 25% in income, so the upper quartile, 31% in the second highest quartile, 28% from the third quartile, and 11% from the poorest quartile. 9% of the pupils speak a language other than English, and 0% are of Indigenous parentage. This is a school full of semi-rural students with dedicated principal and teachers. It costs the taxpayer $11,111, which is below the Gonski resource standard to send a child to this school. And it's also well below that of any private school to educate a student at this school. The school receives only $1.2 million from the federal government and $4.6 million from the state government annually. Um, $133,000 from fees and $62,000 from private fundraising. The capital grants in the last three years have only been $443,000. All this public and private money is money well spent. Um, the NAPLAN results indicate that the children in this school are progressing well. So congratulations to the dedicated staff at this school in Listerfield. Listerfield Primary School, you are our great state school of the week. 
Well, yes, that's a, that's a lovely one. I saw the school when we went on a, a drive last week and I thought, oh, this would be a nice one for our dogs program. Well, our time is gone. And thank you so much to Dale, our producer, and to Sorrel and Jeff and Maddie for helping us this week. And uh, hopefully we'll be back with a few more voices next week. But um, if you want to find out more about the dogs, more about our new Minister for Education, go to our website at www.adogs.info. Radio films coming up. It's that time of year. We must keep not only the dogs program but 3CR on the air. Alternative radio is so important in Australia at the moment, although Mr Murdoch's name is out of joint and we've put his nose out of joint. So let's keep doing it. Dogs have got to raise $6,000. So we're looking to you to look into your bank balance. It is tax deductible. So we hope that we can get to our figure this year. But from the rest of us, it's bye for now. Says he.